Stock market, 401ks, IRAs, oh my, on today's episode. You are listening to the Champion Hustle Podcast. Play to succeed in business and in life. Featuring Levi Hunsaker and Ryan Black. Hello and welcome to the Champion Hustle Podcast. This is episode number 37. My name is Ryan Black. And my name is Levi Hunsaker. How you doing today, Ryan? Doing amazing. Good morning, Levi. Good to be back with you. Yeah, we're just still bringing value to you guys every single week. And before we get going, we got to remember, very important announcement. What is it? We got our seven-day quick start boot camp, championhustle.com. Seven days of awesome training, absolutely free. Our gift to you, just go there, throw in your name, your email, and we'll get that sent out to you. It's got some uh, interactive exercises that you can do to, uh, well, just kind of do an assessment on your business. If uh, See where you're at so that you can you know, take some uh, great takeaways and tips to be able to grow that. And if you're maybe just thinking about getting started with a new business, well, it's a great way, great place to start to go and get some great ideas, questions you should be asking yourself so that you can be better prepared as you are start uh, starting up with that new business. So championhustle.com is a place to go for our seven day quick start bootcamp, our gift to you absolutely free. Yeah. So really quick on that, we've, we've had a question you know, is this only for getting started? Well, what are you getting started with? Are you getting started on the next level of your business? Are you getting started on the ground floor? Are you getting started with a new product? That's good for any of these situations. So if you're already in business, you know, go check it out and see how that can help you get laser focused on creating an awesome product for your customer and delivering on that awesome product. Yeah. I love that. And, and, you know, and even Levi, even if, even if they're not in the point of where they're launching a new product or something, you know, doing a SWOT analysis, I know we've talked about SWOT analysis many times in the past. Uh, we have actually a whole episode dedicated to SWOT analysis, very valuable uh, tool. I mean, I've been in the current business that, that, you know, that we're running, we've been doing it for five years and I still like, as of this year, I feel like I've in certain areas have started <laughs> started from square one again just because we're revisiting things and seeing how can we improve how can we enhance how can we scale and optimize so you're always constantly in that in that mode or should be right in that mode of of seeing what you can do to streamline processes and improve and cut costs and all that stuff so so yep, awesome i love it our topic today is an interesting one because you know, we, we do talk about the different things. So, you know, we talk about business and mindset and real estate. Today's topic is something that, uh, well, I would arguably say everybody needs to understand because, well, unless you want to be working until you die, <laughs> working yourself to death. Or you plan on relying on somebody else to take care of you for the rest of your life. True. And I would say probably a lot of people, unfortunately, are planning on the government keeping taking care of them with through social security and programs like that um might want to rethink your plan if that's your plan yeah me me personally (laughs) anything that comes out of that is going to be a bonus because i'm not going to rely on anybody else to provide anything for me when i can go out and create it myself yeah self-sufficiency is so so important and it truly gives you freedom right and so i i really wish that you know, when we were in high school, we'd been taught this type of stuff. Because if we would have learned this stuff in school, 
Like these are really the life skills that you truly need to be able to be successful, like retirement planning. Granted, most kids that are 18 years old, they see, you know, people that are retirement age and they're like, oh, they're so old. I'm never going to be that old. (laughs) Well, actually you are. (laughs) You are and you should be planning for it. Um, And and unfortunately, you know, most people in the United States, uh, they really fail to to do adequate retirement planning and they get to that point where they would like to retire and they simply can't because they don't have enough money. Right. And if, yeah, that's a, that's a tough spot to be in to, to want something and not be able to do it because you feel like your options are limited. So what we're going to talk about today is how to give yourself some options now for the future. Yeah. And this equally applies whether, you know, you've got, you know, a day job or, you know, you've got a small business, if you're a solopreneur, if you're, you know, just getting started, whatever. It doesn't, it, it, that's why it equally applies to everybody. It doesn't matter how you make your money. These principles are, are so, so important because, you know, if we break, uh, break down the numbers, like, okay, uh, what would you, the average age, most people like to, retire by would we say what maybe mid 60s is what i yeah, would say 65 or so that seems to be a pretty common age i think a lot of people would like to retire before that True. but i think that's a pretty common age when people are retiring um that actually seems to be increasing more and more yeah as as time goes on so it does so I, yeah, and I would agree. Most people would probably say, "Hey, I want to be. I would love to be retired by fifty or whatever." But yeah, so let's assume uh, for for numbers purposes, let's say sixty five years old. So if if you're going to retire, most people retire at sixty five. What? Uh, how many years? I know this is morbid, but how many years of life left would we would you say on average people people would have? Um, I I think average life expectancy in the U.S. I, I didn't look up the stats, so I'm going to guess around 85, okay. so maybe a 20 years after that. That's kind of what I was guessing. Yeah, so so we figure retire at 65, you're dead by 85, right? And so you've got 20 years to that live got dark off. really fast. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> you're going to be dead. So, so we got 20 years of uh, basically retirement, you know, and you, so... Um, Average income in the United States is around forty thousand dollars a year, and so if you know, doing some quick math, pull out my calculator. So let's assume just that same Carry cost the of one. forty thousand times twenty years would be eight hundred thousand dollars. So uh, one thing that I think is interesting, a little bit of a tangent here, is uh, you know, folks talk about. Well, you know, uh, once I'm retired, uh, it's okay if my income goes down because this reason or whatever. I don't know. They come up with different excuses. And, and my response to those people is, well, if what you're currently making, you know, with your business or your job is not enough to make ends meet and you're stressed and you're limited in what you can do, why do you think that having that same amount 20 or 30 or 40 years from now or 10 years from now... Uh, when you have to factor in inflation, <laughs> is going to it's, meet your it's needs. It's the big I word, right? Inflation. Because in 20 years, what's the inflation going to look like? Um, again, yeah. I didn't run the math, but it's not going to be pretty. Go ahead and look at what the dollar was worth 
um, in, in terms of value 20 years ago from today, back in 2001 versus 2021. And you're going to see a drastic difference in buying power. Oh, yeah. Um, if, if I had to take a guess, I bet it's um, the inflation is probably somewhere close to around um, 50%. So basically, I can't I can't math good in my head right now. I'm not even going to try. So I'll, <laughs> it's a I'll big difference. Figure that out. Yeah, it, yeah. So so, but but we for 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 our, the purpose of our discussion today, we'll kind of pretend like that's not going to happen. But that just exasperates the you know the, the issue. So even with without any inflation, which we know that's not going to happen, but let's assume zero inflation. If you're forty thousand a year for twenty years, that's eight hundred thousand dollars to be able to, uh, you know, continue to to support your basically living. Uh, now, granted, at the uh, you know older ages, you're going to have more medical, you know, medical costs and things like that. So, but we'll just keep it very conservative. Eight hundred thousand dollars. Now, um, what would you guess, Levi? Is the average amount of money that people have in their uh, their 401k or their retirement plan at the age of retirement in the US. I don't know, like 75,000. Okay. So the average, so we got two figures here. We got the average and the median. The average is about $192,000. Okay. So, but the median I, I was thinking more about the median. Yeah. The median is meaning if you know the 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 median is half of the people have more money and half of the people have less money. So you're right in the middle. Uh, $58,000. $58,000 at age 65 is the median. But even the average, 192, you're not going to yeah. last 20 years. Even the average is like five years, less, less than five years. Yeah. And then, you know, that's when you see, you know, folks that are, that really should be, you know, relaxing on the front porch, yelling at kids to get off their lawn and they're still working. <laughs> and it's, it's really sad. Like it really is. I can and, see you doing that. Oh yeah. I can see myself <laughs> doing that now. I don't, I don't need to wait. <laughs> I don't need to wait another 20 years. I can do that now. Uh, grumpy uh, old men. Yes. Or grumpy young ones. <laughs> so the bottom line is, is what, what, what we're trying to communicate here is, guys, the the plan that most people are following with their 401ks with saving and investing in the traditional vehicles, it simply doesn't work. It doesn't work. Uh, what would, you know, Levi, you know, most people, they got their 401ks. Uh, it's managed by their employer. Uh, you know, what would you say most people are invested in when they're using those type of uh, options for the retirement planning? Um, most likely in something like um, mutual funds or maybe even indexed funds if you have pro uh, what I would call a quote unquote better retirement plan through a, a work 401k. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, yeah, yeah. Stocks, bonds. Yep. Maybe some commodities, but I mean, it, it, it's, yeah, they it, give it, you like three options, right? It really right? depends. It's like so. the, the conservative option, right? Usually, like if it's a, if it's a employer sponsored, they'll say, okay, you can do the aggressive plan, the aggressive option, like the normal option or the super conservative option. And it's, it's all managed by a third party, uh, you know, third party company. 
there's lots of them out there, you know, Merrill Lynch and, you know, Vanguard, Berthel Fisher. I don't know. There's, there's lots of them. But they manage everything for you. And then they say, oh, don't, don't look. And this is the greatest thing. When I first had a 401k set up years ago at a job I had, they're like, they told me, they told me this. They're like, don't look at it. Don't look at your account. Don't look at how much money you have. It's going to go down. Um, just don't worry about it because uh, you're not going to need to touch that money for another f- like 40 years. And I'm like, uh, what do you mean don't look at it? I don't care if I'm losing money. I do care if I'm losing money. So it's just the mindset is very, very different. Um, and so w- with those plans, let's say you got an employer-sponsored plan and you say... I would like to invest in something a little less volatile than the stock market. <laughs> Maybe some real estate. If 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 you're to call up, you know, Merrill Lynch and say, "Hey, I'd like to uh, use my my funds here to invest in real estate." What are they going to tell you? I think you might get laughed at. Yeah. Just a guess. Maybe they'll be a little more professional than that, but under their breath they're really thinking, "Who does this guy think he is? Who does this lady think she is?" Right? Yeah. Yeah, there may be now. Now, some of the companies may have alternatives where they'll offer you uh, access to a REIT, right? A real estate investment trust, which that's a topic for another day. That's really not. <laughs> you're really not investing in real estate. I mean, it's basically it's basically like buying stock in a building. I mean, it's yeah. Real estate REITs are are not very. They're not very lucrative. They're for people who want to say I'm investing in real estate, but have no idea how to invest in real estate. Uh, so the, the returns on those are very, they're not very good at all. But besides REITs. So, yeah. <laughs> so we, we've got to kind of temper that, that statement a little bit um, with the understanding that when we invest in real estate, we're talking about multiple double digit returns. Yes. Consistently. Like we're not, we're not inflating these numbers. When we say even five, six, seven, eight percent is not a great return for investing in real estate. That's what we're talking about in REITs. And yeah. some people might look at that and say, hey, that's a fantastic return where they might be only getting three or four percent somewhere else. But when we're talking about a 20, 30 or more percent return, eight um, percent is just not very sexy. Right. Thank you for clarifying that, Levi. <laughs> Sometimes I, I, we get in our own bubble and we forget. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all relative, right? It's all relative, and so yeah, we have a different definition of lucrative returns when it comes to real estate. Very true. <laughs> so we we just wanted to make sure that that was very clear that we have a different expectation of what investing in real estate really looks like in terms of a return. Right. And and so if we were to ask, you know, we were to ask them, hey, I, you know, I, I saw this great little, uh, you know, this little duplex that's, uh, you know, across town from where I live. I would love to uh, to pick that up with my retirement plan because I've got you know enough funds in there to be able to to do that, um, so that I can continue to you know get all the benefits, the the appreciation and the the cash flow and everything from that uh, from that asset. Uh, they are going to tell you no. They're going to say, oh, you can't do that. Is that true? Um, no, it's actually not true. What they're actually telling you when they say you can't do that, they're saying, oh, we can't do that. They are not able to do it because, let's face it, they make their money on stock market transactions. If they yeah. actually wanted to build themselves a model to make money off of real estate transactions, 
they could do that too and do just fine at it. They just don't. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's an important distinction. It's not that you can't. It's they can't because they don't offer that service. So so I- you you in a retirement account. If you haven't heard this before, make sure you're sitting down and paying very close attention because you can invest in any legal investment. Now we're talking about inside the laws inside the United States. Um, any legal investment can be invested in in a retirement account. So what would be some illegal investments? Ooh, illegal investments. Are, are you talking about like drug trafficking or <laughs> Levi we're recording the podcast right now <laughs> no 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 we're not we're not talking about that kind of illegal we're just no. talking about things that there are specific rules set up yeah. around what can be invested in a, a retirement account so one of the big no-nos in a retirement account is you can't invest in um, life insurance policies in your retirement account yeah yeah I know like uh, consumables you know things that you know, food or beverages that you could then consume. Adult beverages. <laughs> yeah, you cannot you cannot uh, purchase that. Uh, there's certain types of you know derivative derivative trading that so is prohibited. What what does that mean? Derivative trading. Uh, I don't know. You tell me. Okay. So, for for those of you that aren't familiar with that term, basically what they're saying is you can't trade on margin, meaning that you can't trade on borrowed funds basically so when you're trading on margin in in the stock market they're basically saying we'll allow you to you know have some borrowed funds these virtual funds to go ahead and start trading and basically it's really it's saying your retirement account has to actually own the stock they can't own um I mean, you can own options for stock as well, but you you can't just trade on margin in your retirement account. Okay. There's you can purchase real estate, obviously, with your retirement account. It just can't be for personal use. So you can say, so hey, you're not going to go buy your lake house and go stay at it every summer in your retirement account. No, nope, that's not going to happen. Nor your primary resident residence, right? You could not right. do that. That wouldn't work. Yeah. And, so yeah. so no real estate for personal use. So yeah. Basically, it's off limits. I actually know a guy that um, he bought a property. He bought it in his retirement account, but he is waiting until he's after age 65 so he can take it as a distribution to be their personal residence for their final home, oh, wow. their, like their retirement home. And so he's he's basically renting it out in his retirement account, and um, then they're just going to basically when they get ready to retire and and they're past that age where they can start taking distributions from their retirement account, then they're gonna take the house back out and then they can use it for personal use. That's cool, that's a good idea. That's a fun strategy. Yeah. Buy what you want, get somebody else to pay for it and then go live in it when you retire. Yeah, right (laughs) on, man. Strategy. (laughs) Hashtag strategy. So, with um, so with you know with these types of transactions, obviously if your your funds are at you know one of the big uh, you know fund managing fund with one of the big managers, they can't do that. It has to be you know converted and transferred into an environment where that can where this is possible, right? And those yep. are sederps, sederps, sederps. 
So SDRP. Nobody what? actually says that, by the way. So no, we're don't just joking. say that to anyone or they'll just think, oh man, look at this noob. They don't know what they're talking about. What's yeah. a SDRP? Yeah, it's a derp. That's just the abbreviation. But yeah, no one ever says that except us because we're special. S-D-R-P. Self-directed retirement plan. And you can self... What does that even mean? Self-directed. Well, self-directed. Rather than having (laughs) a manager, somebody else who is directing where the funds are being invested, right? It is directed by yourself. Yourself, self-directed retirement plan. Now, uh, self-directed IRAs or 401ks, they can be um, both, either or, right? You can have self-directed traditional IRA, Roth IRA, traditional 401k, Roth 401k. You can self-direct health savings accounts. Like, There's a lot of really cool things that you can do. But for our discussion today, it's we're focused on you know 401ks, and um, what you have to do is there are third there are companies that are custodians they're called they're third party custodians, and so you you roll over your funds into one of uh, them, and then they hold on to your money, and you simply direct them what to do with the funds. They will do exactly what you tell them to do. You just can't touch the funds directly. And so, uh, for example, if uh, you know, if there's an opportunity that arises and you say, oh, I'd like to invest in this, and uh, you know, even maybe you uh, have tickets, you're able to get super cheap uh, you know, front row tickets to a sporting event, like the Super Bowl or something. And you're like, I'm going to scalp these tickets and sell them and make... I don't know if there's any such thing as a super cheap front row ticket to the Super Bowl. Like, This is hypothetical. Sidelines, 50-yard line. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's going to be some serious cheddar. Well, let's, let's just, for, for hypothetical purposes, we'll imagine that you got that. Or it's a real, you know, a real estate opportunity or something you know, that you say, ooh, this is what I'm going to invest in. You would then direct the custodian say, okay, this is what I want you to do. They will set everything up and then you sign it and authorize it. But you're not the one directly touching your funds. They are the ones who touch them and then you direct where they go. And this is a totally, uh, it's extremely powerful, powerful strategy because then you regain control of your investing, of what you're doing with your funds. So why, like, why did, why does it matter? Right? Well, do you want to have $58,000 in your retirement plan when you're 65? No, (laughs) I would like to have a lot more than that because I have ambitions to travel and, you know, go explore the country and the world because we love to travel. And we don't just love to travel. We love to actually experience the travel with nice accommodations, nice travel, nice everything. So that, that's how we roll. You know, other people will do differently, but if you can think it and create it in your mind first, you can create it in reality. But you gotta go do the work. Yeah. So then, yeah, and, and this, you know, this, this topic really has a lot of, I mean, we could go a lot of different directions with it. More of what we wanted to do with you guys today is just expose you to the possibility of that these options are out there because obviously we use, you know, our retirement plans to invest in real estate. That's our thing. And, but there, you can, you can invest in so many different things. Once you kind of unplug yourself from the traditional way of retirement planning, uh, it's just, it just makes, it makes sense. 
Well, and, and the biggest thing is nobody's going to care about your money more than you do. Yeah. So why do you, why do, are we taught to turn it over to somebody else to manage it? Because, and, just, and then don't look at it. Well, and, and honestly, it's, I feel like they're treating us like we're stupid uh, and yeah. we're not. We actually have the capability to learn and understand what we're doing. But there are people who just don't want to, and that's okay. That's where that service becomes useful. Mm-hmm. But if you want to actually control what's going on and have a say in what's happening in your retirement account and actually go out and, and find some of these, what we call greater returns in the real estate market, then that's where the real power of self-directed retirement plans come in. Yeah. Now, there's, there's one thing we should mention because it's really important, and that is about prohibited transactions. Oh, yes. Because... Can't forget that one. <laughs> you can get yourself in some hot water. So uh, what do we mean by tax that? bills is what it comes down to. Yeah. So basically, we're going to talk about prohibited transactions, but the penalty of a prohibited transaction is you could entirely void the, the entire tax savings of a retirement account. They could yeah. basically say, nope. You you didn't do something correctly, and you got to cash it out, and and they'll basically tax the whole thing. Just distribute the whole account. Yeah, Taxes, distribute penalties. and then, and that makes means that's true. You have you get taxed. There's I can't remember. I think it's a, like a ten percent penalty. Don't quote me on that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean it's a pretty steep penalty for a prohibited transaction. So on top of let's say it's ten percent plus, you're gonna get like what's the highest tax rate depending on your state too right um uh, like new york and california are above 50 percent in total taxes in the highest tax bracket federal and state so you might be paying 60 to 65 percent of your retirement account in taxes if you do one of these prohibited transactions so it's really important to know about and I think maybe it would be a good idea to reach out to one of our attorney friends that specialize in self-directed retirement accounts and yeah. really um, prohibited transactions and, and make sure that maybe it's a future episode. But yes. let's talk about what some of them are today. Okay. Yeah, and that it really is important because it, one little mistake in doing this you can't just be like blindly be like, oh, I'm going to go do this. You need to make sure you understand the regulations and the laws. Otherwise, like Levi said, this is not one of those cases. 60% uh, <laughs> cut in your retirement plan to the government. This isn't one of those cases where you want to ask forgiveness rather than permission. Yeah. That's not going to work on <laughs> it, this one. It doesn't work. <laughs> so prohibited transactions. So for example, let's use you know real estate as an example. If I had... Um, you know, there's, there's certain people with whom I cannot transact because it, well, there's like a conflict of interest, right? Or, or I can't transact with their retirement plans. So could your retirement account buy one of your rental properties? Could, could my retire buy a rental property for me? No, could your retirement account buy off of you one of the rental properties that you already own? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, so you that would, cannot that, that would be do a, a transaction with yourself. Nope. Now, that doesn't mean um, you, you can't directly benefit from the retirement funds now. 
is is really what yeah. it comes down to. That doesn't mean that if you properly structure it, you can't partner yourself with your retirement account and buy a rental property. But you can't take something that you already own and then transfer it into your retirement account. That right. would be a no-no. Um, Who are other people? Uh, spouse, can you can you transact with your spouse? No. Like your retirement account and something your spouse owns? No, I don't think so. Nope. What about your kids? Nope. Big fat no. What about your parents? Nope. What about... I'm trying to remember all of these things. Um, I, I think there's more. But can you do a transaction with your cousin? I think so, yeah. I think so, too. So... That they require some degree of separation. This is where it would be good to bring our, our attorney friend in because he'd be able to give all of the specific details. But just know as you're going into this and, and if you're looking at doing something like this, just remember, I've got to learn about prohibited transactions because it's worth 60 plus percent of your retirement account potentially. Right. And it's that's, and, that's and, a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and we, and, and I mean, we've, we've known about this for a long time and we've, you know, we've used a lot of retirement plan funds and different deals, but as you may be able to tell by a little bit of our uncertainty of trying to remember, okay, what is the regulation here and there? We're not attorneys and we don't want to be no offense. If you're an attorney, we, we, that's why we have attorney friends so that we can pay them, pay them a few bucks and say, Hey, currently as it stands today, what does the law say? Is what is this a prohibited transaction? They can vet it, clear it for us, and we're you know we're good to go. So you understand right. the basic principles, but before actually executing something like this, you want to make sure that you've got that person who you know is uh, up to date on all the latest because laws change, up to date on all the latest um, regulations to where they can say with a certainty this is fine or no we need to restructure this. So the way I like to think about it is, do you still have an employee mindset or do you have a CEO mindset? The employee says, I have the ability to go figure this out. I'm going to go do it. And so they do. Now, the CEO mindset says, well, I don't want to spend the time to figure this out. So I'm going to go find the best person that I can that already knows how to do it and leverage. Yep. It, it's a big difference. Use leverage leverage professionals and it, before I ever hired an attorney to set up a, a, an entity or anything for me, I, I was the do-it-yourselfer. And I realized a lot of places that I screwed up, but they were able to come in and fix things for me. And you know, this is a lesson that maybe I'm a little bit hard-headed and I have to learn repeatedly, <laughs> but uh, leverage your professionals because that's how you create more time for yourself. You get the same 24 hours in a day, but when you use leverage and borrow other people's time, or I guess not borrow, but pay for other people's time, mm -hmm. you now just increased what you can get accomplished. Yeah. Work smart, not hard. We'll work hard and smart, and then enjoy the fruits of your labors. Exactly. <laughs> Well, that's it. That's all we got for you guys today. Uh, hopefully this has been mind uh, expanding. Hopefully it's been because so many people just have no idea about 
this that you can even self-direct your retirement plan. We've got uh, our friend uh, Carol that um, you know that uh, that works with us in investing. She last year in the pandemic, she actually self-directed her uh, retirement plan. And uh, right after she did that, most of her coworkers lost most. That was when the you know the market crashed. They lost most of their money in their retirement plans. She turned around, invested in a deal. Do you know what her ROI was? What her return? I don't, but I'd like to. Now this is not typical. I gotta <laughs> preface that this is not typical. Seven over seven hundred percent return. That's insane. Seven hundred on her money. So she's like, oh wow. This is awesome. I want to go do this again. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> let's go do it again. Um, so, yeah, it's it just it opens a whole new world of opportunities when you understand how to self-direct your retirement plan funds. Whether you're lending your own money to others, or maybe you know having other funds that are that are uh, you know that you're utilizing for different investments, it is uh, it's cool. Just make sure. Another thing, consult with the proper people right? Accountants, licensed accountants, attorneys. Um, you want to make sure that you're not violating any SEC uh, you know, guidelines because once you start moving things around with money and investing, um, you got to make sure that you're not yeah, violating any rules. So neither Levi nor I have licenses in any of that stuff. This episode was for informational purposes only. Please make sure you, I don't want to get sued. Make sure you consult with licensed professionals uh, before you, you do any of this type of stuff because uh, it's just, yeah, you just got to be. Uh, I, I call it good business practice. Thank you. So it's, it's not just flying by the seat of your pants and hoping it all works out. That might work, but you're putting yourself and others at risk while you're doing that. Yeah. So just. Just realize that when you're doing any of these transactions, it is a business transaction and treat it accordingly. Like it's that simple. Yeah. Use professionals, make sure that everybody is taken care of in the deal and you'll be just fine. Awesome. CYA, we've talked about that before. Yes, we have. <laughs> Go back and listen to it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Levi. This is a, a fun episode. And yeah, uh, it was good. Thanks, guys, for, for joining us. On today's episode, um, we, uh, we we remind you that uh, you know championhustle.com is a site where you can go and find out information about uh, you know where you can subscribe to the show because we're on all the different podcast directories. We have the audio podcast and then the video podcast. We've also got our Facebook group too. Um, happy to have you plug in there, and all the links and everything are, are available at our website at championhustle.com. And next week, Levi, what do we got coming up next week for that episode? Ooh, next week. So this is fun. We got a special guest coming with us next week. Um, and we are actually going to talk about demystifying business credit. So what the heck does that mean? Guess you're going to have to wait till next week to find out. Love it. We'll see you guys then. Have a great week. See you, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Champion Hustle podcast. For more great content and to join our online community, visit us at championhustle.com. Mm-hmm.